All right, welcome back to another episode of the show. We got John, Bag, and Jakey Heat fan back on this one. The gang's back together, and we're going to talk all things NBA Finals. whole lot of Heat stuff at the top. We're actually able to get into some stuff and not just surface-level cliches, even though we touch on some of that. We, we say the word culture a lot, talk about that Heat culture, but that's nothing new here. Um, got some good stuff with the Lakers, too. Some biased, some unbiased, but objective is the word. I think it's fair. I really do. So without further ado, we're going to play the intro and then get right into Jakey Heat fan laying it down. All right, Dennis, hit the music. He is on fire, Jake Fitz. His third three of the half. Yanis Antetokounmpo will play minor league baseball, I think. I usually observe if the, if the piping and stuff is new or... Shaq, we're on live. I know. I was super high on them before the year just because I thought that throughout the last couple of years, Spo has done a really good job. And if you look at some of the rosters, you'd be like, oh, the Heat won like 38 games. It's like, well, that's kind of underachieving. And then you're like, oh, yeah, but James Johnson was getting 30 minutes at some point. Oh, um, we, uh, they didn't really have anyone to rely on who would, you would consider a superstar. Like last year was D Wade's farewell tour. Like that was sort of the year for them. And still they won a bunch of games. And I think the biggest takeaway, there's a bunch of fun things like with the heat roster itself, but my biggest takeaway is Spo and how impressive he is and how impressive he's been throughout his career. Yeah. Um, Kind of would reset. I mean, if you look at their roster, you see that they have a lot of great pieces that can mesh very well together. But obviously the big thing, especially as of recent, is that they're the beneficiaries of their rookies being absolute studs, not only just in the playoffs or super big games, but throughout the the course of the entire year. Um, It's just a shame that it took uh, the Heat this long to realize that Tyler Hero is better than Kendrick Nunn, but better late than never. The – the coolest thing about them is they never tanked in, in the age when tanking is the move, when it looks like you're going to have a down year and you just see decisions being made. But honestly, in the first two months of the year, you can see when a team's already looking at the draft, but they never did that. And it's credit to Pat Riley, I think, with just the type of dudes he brings in. And I know like heat culture is like thrown around a ton now and that's the hot button word but there really is something to be said for that. Um, and look at the transition, like the transformation of, of Spo, the way he's viewed. Like, I mean, even me, like when he got the job, he got promoted. It was like, yeah, he's the video room guy that worked his way up from the bottom, but he jumped in and he had those fucking monsters. And I was like, fuck this guy. But then over the last few years, if you couldn't have started and exactly what Drew was saying, their rosters were dog shit. Like, James Johnson's karate gets talked about more than his basketball. And he was playing like serious minutes. But Spo always found a way to win games. And they were always in the playoffs or hanging around. They might have had like one or two bad years, but they're just always relevant. I'm glad we got to Pat Riley so early. Um, just because there's that classic story basically where uh, LeBron gets to Miami. He does what he pretty much does anytime he gets somewhere where he doesn't like to coach and goes, you know, above everyone, just goes straight to Riley and was like, hey, look, uh, 
this guy's got to go. And Pat Riley basically told him to fuck off. Uh, like, I think that speaks to like, you used to talk about it being kind of like that buzzword cute thing to talk about now with their culture. But like, um, I think Spo had the quote recently was like, if you've been here for 10 years, like you're still the new guy like, from the <laughs> owner to uh, GMs, like all, all like the front office stuff, like they've been there forever. So it's like, it's no accident that the heat, whenever they actually get some functional pieces, they made it happen. It's, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, I don't know the thing, too, uh, real quick. Sorry, Jake. Uh, no, you're good. This is like the fifth or sixth straight decade that Pat Riley has made a finals. He made it in, like, the 70s and 80s as a player, the 90s as a coach, the 2000s as uh, – Coach and executive. Coach and executive, and then the uh, 10s and 20s as an executive or something. It's super impressive. I was just going to say uh, we don't need to, like – get into as we've already talked about like the heat culture and the dogs those guys have brought in because there's so many different stories on the roster with and overcoming some adversity and you just love the way they play but I love Jimmy Butler I've said it all year um it's he's so cliche and Gordy sometimes with like the hard work stuff I know we made fun of him Sean for like the 3 a.m workout thing it's still stupid um, I'll stand by it's, that it's yeah, no 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 it's totally stupid and we were justified in making fun of him but like Seeing a guy like that succeed, uh, it's just been really enjoyable compared to um, some of the other stuff. Like, I like the Celtics storyline. I like the Raptors defending champs. But, like, this Heat team with the people that are on it from the front office like Pat Riley to Spo uh, to Jimmy Butler to anyone on the 15th guy on the roster, you don't Haslam. You just love to see it. And uh... – I think you might have been hinting at this a little bit in terms of like the heat. It's been much more an organic process. I know that um, that process has been pretty quick considering some of these guys are rookies. And then also adding Jimmy Butler might not be like, you know, they didn't raise him as a child from a child or anything, but you just compare what the heat have done to, to, I guess how the Lakers get there where it's like the reason the Lakers are good is because LeBron pretty much decided that like he's like I'm going to take me to this team and I'm going to bring guys that I want there whereas like what happened in Miami just it seems like a much higher payoff if things go right for them the Lakers were bailed out of their own incompetence by LeBron James is what ultimately ended up happening right because like after Kobe retires and then there's nothing really going on I think we're all we all sort of like Ingram and Lonzo in their own ways but this was never on the table. This was never their ceiling. And LeBron saved the Lakers from actually having to put together a competent roster. Yeah, and they prematurely got rid of D'Lo, which didn't help either. Yep. But, yeah, Brian, I mean, I'm going to single the Lakers out. It's more of a LeBron thing. He's done it with multiple organizations. So, I'm, I'm not going to hone in on the, it being the Lakers' fault or anything like that. But, yeah, man, going to root really hard against them. <laughs> the heat too, like there's been there's like been a lot of teams and unselfish is what everybody likes to say about a team that moves the ball a little bit and doesn't play straight iso like you don't even have to be unselfish as long as you're not playing straight <laughs> ISO, the nba will call you unselfish but those guys legitimately don't give a shit who scores who's the guy and it's genuine like you can usually sniff it out pretty early when guys are just full of shit and it's it's disingenuous the entire way through but those guys actually genuinely don't care and that's why I think Jimmy Butler is just perfect because there was that one time 
um, a couple weeks ago with Mark Jackson was like, this guy's two for seven. He's supposed to be like the quotes superstar on this team. And he, like, he doesn't give a shit. And then he goes out and makes all these great defensive plays and they end up coming back and winning. It's like, they, there isn't any cleat. There's not like some cookbook recipe that they're following. Like you said, where it's like a house of cards. If one of those pieces aren't clicking, like, the Heat could win. They won games when Jimmy Butler had 40. They won games when he had two. And the same thing with Hero. It's like he has 37 one night, and then he's a rookie. So, like, these standards have got to be a little different. But then the next night he has, like, seven through through most of the games. It's like that's an advantage and a disadvantage because um, it, it's a little inconsistent, I guess, on, like, who you're supposed to rely on. But um, when the pieces are clicking like it is and it has been for them, it's kind of hard to prepare for. And it gives you options down the stretch, too, because they'll switch out their closing lineup with who's the hot hand. Some nights it's Drogic. Some nights he's on the bench. Sometimes Jay Crowder's out there. Sometimes it's Iggy. It gives you options, and those guys all are – it's a pretty unified effort from all those guys top down. And whoever's going to give them the best chance to win, they're going to be out there. And it's not one of those things where, like, it's passive-aggressive bullshit comments to the media about not being on a closeout crew or storming off the floor. Like, they're celebrating each other. Yeah, I think the point you really touched on there, too, it's like their actual depth, and we've talked about this uh, a bit before, but teams in the playoffs, like sometimes depth gets historically overrated whenever talking about a playoff team's chances because it's like like the Bucks. you might say, oh, you know, they have good depth. Well, guess what? You actually can't play or find six people you can really trust in that. But Miami, I would say you have almost seven or eight guys who Spo, I would say, is comfortable with them being out there at the end of the game, which is a lot different than other teams' supposed depth. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, not not rigid at all. Like you said, the other night it was like Iggy, uh, Jay Crowder, and that's completely different than some of the other closing lineups they've had. Um, another key point here, I think that um, Jimmy Butler had a quote today. He said that, like, we're not underdogs. Like, we aren't viewing this as – um, like we're not supposed to win this at all. I think that's um, an important. What's up? They're just not viewing it as like a David versus Goliath thing. Yeah, and I mean they shouldn't. But like one of the things that was I th- I think the reason that um, LeBron was not not threatened, but um, it was a weird thing for him to get used to with someone like Steph, who was like Steph was not scared, like, at all. Like, he didn't look up to, like, LeBron as, like, a god. And I think LeBron was, like, this little this little guy, like, he's not, like, bound down to me. I think that, that uh, we'll see that come from the heat where, like, they don't really give a shit at all. Like, they have that swagger. They have that attitude. Um, and it, I think that would be another interesting thing to watch. Yeah, I think – Even underdogs in uh, these last two straight series, and then this is the third one. So, yeah. Yeah, I was actually asking John about that the other day. I was like, so when are they just going to not make the Heat the underdog in a game? Like, what the hell? Like, um, yeah. But what I was going to say is, pad my pockets. They can keep doing it. <laughs> um, I, I was just going to say, though, you know, I mean, we've said it before that, you know, if you have a team that can throw bodies at guys, you're in a pretty good situation. But the Heat are as about as good as you're going to get in terms of being able to throw bodies at guys. Um, you know, between Jimmy, Jay, Iggy and whoever else, you can throw all those guys, legitimately throw all those guys at LeBron, not just 
say throw, you can throw him at him. And then I think Bam is probably about as good of a matchup against AD as you're going to get in the league. Um, you know, think about the teams that the, the Lakers have played. You had um, – who the hell did they play on one? Oh, Portland. Who are you going to put on him? Zach Collins? Who's hurt? Who's hurt anyways? Hurt. Nurkic, way too slow. Who do you even have after that? White side, that's about it. Too slow. <laughs> <laughs> then, you, then you have the Nuggets, and you're not going to put Jokic on him. I mean, you could try and put Paul Millsap on him, but Paul Millsap's only like 6'6". Six, six. And then, I mean, if you really think about it, Bam is about as good as it's going to get. Like he's 6'9", he's athletic. He's probably more laterally quick than AD. AD has a couple inches on him, but that's about as good of a defensive matchup as you're going to get in the league for AD. And I think that's the most important one because there's always talk about – it's always like, who's going to guard LeBron? No. And, like, it doesn't matter. Like, the answer is always no one. Like, I hate how Iggy got that MV, that finals MVP. I hated that. So, like, while the focus – like, LeBron's going to do what he's going to do. But we talked about this for, like, the start of the year. Like, if AD is the Lakers' best player or, like, has the best night, they're going to win. Like, if, if everyone considers AD to be, like, the Lakers' best player – if AD turns into the Lakers generally accepted best player, they're going to be – it's going to be too too big of a hill to climb. Like, he's the guy that you got to neutralize more than putting your efforts towards Braun. And I think Bam, like you said, has a, uh, the best shot that we've seen is slowing him down a, even a little bit. One thing, though, is for all the depth that the Heat have at guard or small forward to guard LeBron, they lack that in the front court. So, I mean, you have Bam – and then what are your what are your follow-up options to try to guard AD? And AD's gotten to the foul line like 42 times a game. Sometimes fouls, sometimes not genuinely fouls, but he's still getting them called. So are we going to put Kelly Olenek on him? Is, is oh, Myers man. Leonard finally going to take his shirt off? Uh, like... <laughs> Myers Leonard's his hands are definitely sore. Some of those clapping routines he's gotten into have been pretty serious. But that's a good question, John. For them in the regular season, which is great. Yeah. I mean, that speaks to their culture, though. It's like he's he's as, he's as happy as anyone on that team. Yeah, he's same with Kendrick Nunn. They have like a first team all rookie on their on their team who like doesn't even play. Can't get run. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but like I, I think it goes kind of because John was asking who you put on AD afterwards. I mean, I think you could feel comfortable putting Iggy or Crowder on him too because those are the same guys that guarded. Giannis for a majority of the series now they're not the same thing obviously because Giannis is one-dimensional as fuck but you know I still think you can feel comfortable with them being able to hold their own especially back to the basket type stuff what's the difference between them and Paul Millsap though you just trash trying to guard AD I mean they're both way better defenders than Paul Millsap okay you can try to get Derek Jones out there for like five minute stretches if you're lucky too but I mean that's really playing with fire. <laughs> um, I mean, he's a good player. It's just a, it's, trying to block it to the fucking virtual fans. <laughs> he's a well, good player, but I mean, it's the NBA Finals, so Derek Jones Jr. Obviously, AD is a really good player. He's a little too light in the ass to be down there with AD. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like we're talking about uh, strategy and substitutions, which I think the Heat definitely have an advantage there with uh, Spo and Vogel, like. I don't want to throw any shade at Vogel because I think he's done a good job. Uh, um, pretty, I'm judging that based on like all the off the court BS that usually comes with coaching a LeBron team. But in terms of the X's and O's on the court, I think that um, Spell far and away um, is getting some of the respect again that he's should have been getting all these years. Um, 
since the the, the heatles but um do you think that's going to be something that we're going to be able to visibly tell like Spolstra out coaching the Lakers and is there anything Spo can do um that maybe the Lakers haven't seen yet you have a, you have a you have a bit of a chess match too with Spo and LeBron too right cuz LeBron's going to be working to figure out what Spo's doing as well um and I think that will come into play with, like you said, more with the zone. Uh, if the Heat want to try that zone, which I think could be effective at times against the Lakers, it'll be interesting to see how it works out because I don't know if you can really get away with playing it as much as they did against the Celtics with LeBron, who's obviously such a good passer. Yeah, I agree. Not going to be able to play it in stretches, but you can spot it at the end of quarters or out of timeouts, I think. Right. I- yeah, because offensive rebound turns into a nightmare, especially against a huge Lakers team. But um, you brought the chess match between Spo and uh, Braun, but I think one of the ones that has even a little bit more history, at least publicly, is the Riley and LeBron thing, which is going to be interesting to see. Um, I mean, from what we see, it's not going to be too much, but like just behind closed doors because um, they asked LeBron about the – thing today the finals today and he was like no it doesn't really mean anything more that it's the heat but there's some interesting history between Riley and LeBron I remember um I'm sure you guys too Pat Riley like challenged LeBron and was like look when things get tough you don't just pack your bags and go to the next city and like the next day that's when LeBron was like sure will I, I sure <laughs> will pack my bag and go to the next city you can watch me and I packed a bag to come down here all my <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were gonna go to Chicago what do you what, what do you think's going on Pat but um no I think it's it, it's gonna be fun because um they've obviously they're different people now but um Pat Riley texted him after the 2016 um, finals and Braun didn't text him back. I mean, it's like there. So I think you're crazy to think that like Braun isn't um, going to be using some of that, that history to, you know, get him going. But did you guys have anything about the Pat Riley, LeBron stuff? I, think I don't it's... know. Harvey wants to say that if LeBron really felt that way, he would say something because that's just the LeBron way. Just like, oh yeah, he doubted me. I'll show, I'll show the doubters. Just using any excuse he can to bring more light to it. I don't know. Part of me, part of me thinks if he actually felt that way, he would have said it. So I don't know. He did say something more like that um, whenever he left. But uh, he, like, they asked him about it today, and he he wasn't that um, poignant on it. Hmm. I I think LeBron like just understands how good of an opportunity this is. Um, like. And with that, the pressure is on him. So I don't think he would want to add even more to that pressure before the finals. Yeah, by saying, like, oh, you know, I really want to jam this one up Pat Riley's ass. Like, I think think he's – cognizant of that fact, though. Like, I can't – you can't tell me, like, with the way we know LeBron is, like, he's not – that's one of the many angles he's taking before this series is to motivate himself. Yeah. Um, quick question though, Sean, you just mentioned the, you know, ginormous Lakers thing. And I, I just wanted to ask, cause that can kind of go both ways. I mean, do you think the Lakers will be able to play big? Like, can you put 
JaVale and Dwight Howard on the court at the same time at any point against them? Well, okay. I was super critical of JaVale just because, like, I feel like during the regular season, at least, he would come out, literally start every game with a lob or score their first eight points, and then you wouldn't see him again. And it's just, like, something must be going on behind the scenes if, like, they start him, but then you never put him back in. And that's, that's like, a telltale sign. It's, like, you're just starting him so that it makes the starting roster look, like, fit, neat, and organized. You have some tall-ass center. Um, so I don't like JaVale McGee at all, no. And um, Dwight Howard, <laughs> he did you hear what he said to Jokic? Didn't I knew he said something, but I, I never saw what it was that he said. He was yelling from the bench, <laughs> telling him that Batman was coming for him, and he was Batman. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if that comes out of my center's mouth, I'm not putting him in at any point in the game whenever I need to rely on him. That's shocking that Dwight would say something like that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get what – yeah, right? I don't get what his weird thing with superheroes are. <laughs> Like he did, he he took the. That's what you're questioning. His weird obsession was well. I want to kind of keep it relatively PG here. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to speculate too much on on Twitter DMs, uh, especially with uh, I think with DraftKings listening and everything. You know, got got to keep it clean. But I'm wearing a collared shirt here. Shit. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I'm not putting. I mean, in a perfect world, if I was Vogel, I wouldn't play either of them. Yeah, I was, and my question was mostly just from the defensive end, if you're the Lakers. I mean, if you have LeBron – or not LeBron, uh, AD and one of those bigs on the court at the same time, who the hell is one of those bigs going to guard? Well, yeah, that's a good question. You're, so, you're I mean, that's banned because he's the only guy who plays 15 feet in, but literally everyone else. Dude, like, look, you got AD. Like, if you're going to say that he should be defensive player of the year and everything, like, step up and, like – embrace that role guard bam the entire game and don't and don't ever get subbed out like you shouldn't really need um either of those guys in the game Dwight or JaVale I would love to see those minutes get cut big time I well, think that's a good JaVale first though just because JaVale does move his feet well yeah I mean I think you can throw JaVale out there for extended periods of time and get away with it say I mean AD gets in foul trouble like it's not going to be good for the Lakers but I think if there's one or two nights where that happens, JaVale can keep it afloat long enough to get AD back in a good position as far as his foul's time left. Yeah. As much as I hate Markeith Morris, you can probably throw him on a bigger body too. Yeah, Jake and I were talking about how Keith and Kuzma just got a free ride to the finals. I was going to touch on um, – I mean, we can dive into some Markeith and Kuzma slander if you want. But before that, I was just going to touch on uh, – so, like, this matchup is kind of similar to the Rockets one for me in the way that, like, if I'm the Lakers, I'm just putting AD at the five. Like, you can, like, theoretically go small or whatever that way. But really, like, that's probably what position AD should be playing anyway. But it, it's just – like, he's just so good that it doesn't matter. But – it, it's similar to the Rockets, too, in the fact that the Heat are like uh, the Rockets and the fact that they're going to try to outmath the Lakers. Like, they're just going to shoot more threes while the Lakers are worried about getting mid-range jump shots. The, what would encourage me for this series, and I uh, comically picked the Rockets to beat the Lakers like a clown. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't ducking the pod, by the way. I, that was the last words I said on this podcast. <laughs> 
and then it's been a while but no i i'm a clown i put on the clown suit i went to work in the clown suit everyone knows i'm a big clown um, <laughs> in more ways than one anyway isn't this series kind of comparable in that way that like the heat want to play small uh there's going to be a lot of three-point shooting the difference is obviously is the heat aren't mental midgets love it i love it yeah um if anything Maybe that three-point percentage will, uh, you know, can always rise up. But uh, they've actually turned into a good three-point team, three-point shooting team, like you said. Uh, I saw that Duncan Robinson's literally the greatest catch-and-shoot three-point shooter of all time now, right? It's like 48%. It's like Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. Like If Hero shoots a, a three off the dribble, I'm just like, oh, that's going in. Oh, Hero yeah, off the dribble? Yeah, he's like 20 years old and he's just pull, hitting the Left side of the screen. Step yeah. back to the left, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's absurd. He, and he actually scores it from all three levels, too. I think he was shooting yeah. like 56% from mid-range. Yeah. It's what like is not, that? Like, it's like a cute story because, like, he's the white 20-year-old rookie or whatever. It's like, no, he's legitimately good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's not like one-off. He had the one outburst, which was a little irresponsible, the 37. But, like, it's, he's not making plays where you're just like, oh, he just had a hot shooting night. It, like the, the finishing is elite too, <laughs> and it, it's ridiculous. Like it, it doesn't make sense. Like Dragic is, we love Dragic's finishing. We talked about that when they were playing against the Bucks. The way he changes pace and is able to make things happen that should not happen. I think he's learning from here. I think Hero is learning from from Dragic. That's a good yeah, guy. absolutely. That's a good guy to be watching. He's hung around yeah. forever. Tyler Hero though definitely has spots. Like, all of the prime scores in the league have their spots, and Tyler Hero has those also, and he mm-hmm. gets to them. Like, he's made a couple shots, like, mid-range jump shots from the baseline in the playoffs where, like, I sit there and I'm like, that, that, like that's Kobe-esque. Like, mm-hmm. there have been a couple of plays on the baseline where it's, like, reverse pivots, falling away, pulling <laughs> shit in, and I'm like, this – I mean, what am I watching here? <laughs> I know, it's irresponsible. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he also does – when he drives left – he has like the change of pace, like so then well, like a little bit of hesitation right when he gets um, to a reasonable range to like uh, the three point shot could be there. Gets the defender to pause for a second and then stops on a dime at the elbow and like shoots the pull up. Which if you can, if you're a scorer like that, shoot the mid range. Like I hate how everyone's always like, oh, mid range is a bad shot. Mid range is a bad shot. It's a bad shot for like seven out of the ten guys in your team. The other three should shoot them because they make them. And it makes the, the shots that are in the paint or at the three even more lethal. Yeah, I think Tyler Hero can coax – if they're going to play small and they're going to play Kuzma long minutes, he can coax Kuzma into taking at least 15 bad shots. <laughs> during that Nuggets-Lakers um, series, Chris Webber was actually hilarious. I, I shit on Chris a lot, but there are a couple times and there are a couple games where Michael Porter Jr. played well. And if he hit a shot like on or near Kyle Kuzma – like, they'd be dribbling the ball off the court, and Chris Webber would be like, here comes a dumbass shot. Here comes a dumbass shot. They'd throw it to Kuzma, and they'd throw it like a fall away, like out of bounds. And then he'd be like, every time Michael Porter Jr. scores, he was like, Kyle Kuzma tries to come back and get one. And he's like, that's a terrible shot. Like, it was funny as hell. He's shit That uh, reminds me of just, like, these flaws that we've – like, maybe they were just talking points, but talking points throughout the playoffs, like – 
okay, the Lakers don't have enough depth or like Kuzma's your third guy. That's bad. I think we all probably would think Rondo's the third best Laker right now. Correct. But still fourth best guy, but like with hero too and Dragic, like we're talking about in the Blazers series and the rocket series with Harden and then to a lesser extent, this nugget series with Jamal, we're like, who's going to guard Dragic and hero in this series and it hasn't been a problem in the Lakers because LeBron and AD have been so damn good and they've gotten some big contribution from the role players. But I'm kind of curious to see, and if you guys think that some of that stuff that the Lakers may be getting away with all playoffs will come up and bite them in the ass this series, like possibly not being able to guard Draga Chihiro, things like that. I mean, if they – I know that, like, the rest of the team's different with the Blazers uh, mm-hmm. and the Heat, but, like – Ultimately, I think if they were able to not get absolutely torched by um, Dame and CJ in a way that made that series ever like a threat, I think they would be able to to hold uh, Dragic and, and Hero to a reasonable production. No, that makes sense. Also, Hero is – this is unfair because this is – we're getting into the Tatum cycle a little bit, right? Because it's like we expect all yeah. these things from now, but he is a – he's a horrible defender. I think I saw a thing this morning. His points per possession whenever he's in the ISO is like 1.4, which would be like one of the <laughs> best plays in basketball right now. ISO hero. So um, Trey Young long uh, transition. Yeah, uh, Trey, Trey Young after a long three is like at 6.1 <laughs> points per possession. But, John, I'm glad you brought that up with, uh, with Kuzma, though, because I could <sighs> – will hero guard Kuzma? I mean, 6'10 to 6'6". Could that ever happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, anyways. There's going to be a size difference there somewhere on the floor. It might as well be there. Yeah. I guess you should have – you should have hero guard Kuzma bait him into taking terrible shots and clap if he makes the first three because then the next 16 are coming. You can guarantee you're getting 16 more shots that night. Those lights are going to be bright too. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma's going to love it. He's going to be out there. He's going to think this is his Hall of Fame moment. I'm telling you. It's coming. There's going to be a game where he shoots 20 times. I would love to see it. Me and Jake were talking about it. Like, the one thing that you have to credit Kuzma, you can credit him with a lot of things. Dude lives a hell of a life. Like, honestly, uh, I know we love, we love Devin Booker a lot. But, like, Kuzma's like the – he's the bad basketball version and less cool than <laughs> Booker. But <laughs> with Kuzma, what Jake and I talked about, he'd be the same person if he was playing for the Orlando Magic. Like he'd be saying, he'd be saying the same dumb shit, wearing wearing the same clothes, still on TikTok, uh, on TikTok. Like the, he'd be the same five year old kid as he would be if he was in Orlando. It's like and the LA thing just amplifies it a little bit, puts a mic, the you know microscope on him. But that's what I like about Kuzma. The dude's like you know what you're gonna get from him at least on the floor and off the floor. Microscopes on them, and those uh, Instagram models are a little bit closer in LA. That's <laughs> yeah, a little closer than a DM away. I'm gonna go uh, Tyler Heat fan and Heat stand here. Um, so I'm thinking about it, and like we're talking about what are the the Lakers gonna be able to do to slow down Dragic and Hero, and we're leaving out Jimmy Butler, the best catching three point shooter in the league right now, in the, and ever, and, and the, guy Duncan. the guy who averaged 24 and 10 last series. And, like, the point I'm trying to make is, like, you know, we, we talk about the Nuggets. We're like, all right, how are we going to slow down Jamal Murray and Jokic? But you can see that there's, like, resounding weak points 
on the other five guys somewhere in that lineup. So if you like think about it, you had Gary Harris, who was in your starting five, who averaged like three points a game and shot like 10% from the field. Yeah, I shoot better than him. <laughs> in your basketball <laughs> class. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Grant, who had one great game but can't shoot really to save his life. And then you had Michael Porter Jr. who could score every now and then or Paul Millsap. You think about the, the Blazers. All right, how are we going to slow down CJ and Dame? That's fine. You have Nurkic, who is going to be in the paint, so you already have that help off the dribble. And then who are your other two options? Gary Harris – or not Gary Harris, Gary Trent, and then whoever your fourth is on the floor. So my, my point is really that there's no really, like, major weak point out of any five that you put on the, heat, on the floor if you're the Miami Heat. So, you know, you can't, you can't overwhelmingly help off of or forget about a guy. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, on the old man, the three, JJ's new pod. It's an up-and-coming up pod. If you guys haven't heard of it, give him a listen. Um, but they talked about how you have, like, Braun and AD, clearly the best two players in the series. But then, like, the next, like, six players, it's all Heat guys. Right? It's like you got LeBron and AD, and then, then no order. You got Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Um, Dragic, hero, hero. I would say is better than the Lakers third, and then I would take Robinson, the guy who's shooting fifty nine percent. I'd take him before I take a Laker. So that's five. Jay Crowder. You could make the case for for taking Jay Crowder. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. So that's the dynamic that also we haven't really seen in the finals before. It's always like one the best player is on. One team, second best player in the series on the other. Very rarely, I mean, with the exception of, like, the fluky thing that happened last year. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, we haven't seen that bizarre of a makeup. Three through eight on the other. (laughs) Right? It's like like a snake draft almost when um, one team gets loaded up early and then just the middle of it's just shit. So – that's a really good point, Sean, just from, like – because it's like unlike a really, like, any finals matchup we've had recently, so it'll be super interesting to watch. I agree with you 100%, and that point is part of the reason why I have hope that the Heat can win this series. But ultimately, the pessimist in me says, still, you would re- just rather have the best two players as opposed to those. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. I mean, when those two players are that good. There's right. a large gap between one and two and then three. And Simmons, right. uh, the pod father, Simmons and um, Rousseau always talk about usually the best player, that team, whichever team has the best player, wins the series. Unless LeBron's in the series. Yeah. <laughs> and, but uh, that includes KD being on the other team. Then, then it's still true. KD is better than LeBron. But uh, <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah, the LeBron thing makes it interesting. But, like, not maybe um, in finals, I guess it could be, yeah, like LeBron's lost a shitload of finals, so that's not always true. But, like, generally fun, in the playoffs, yeah. I found that amazing to be true. It was like, if you go down and look at the series, the best, and except for Giannis this year. So, you know, we're poking holes in this now. But yeah, was it's generally – no, I'm glad you're 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 uh, fact checking these, John. But it's true, and I I think that will be just such a, an enormous gap for the Heat to try to make up from one and two. It's usually yeah. a huge gap just from Braun to the second guy, and then you add like arguably the best best player in the league is like oh. the second best guy. It's ridiculous. You know what my uh, biggest fear is? Just being who I am and disliking LeBron. 
I think he's still fresh because of the big break and then him kind of just hanging out when they first got to the bubble, kind of deferring to other people, and then them playing five games in every series, right? It's only been five games each series. I think he's still fresh, and I think we got a taste of it in game five of that last series, and I could see him just blowing this thing wide open and fucking averaging 33, 16, and 11, and it just being (laughs) the worst – six-game series of my life, um, and I'm losing sleep over it. I'll be honest with you. See, I I would honestly like to see it just because LeBron, I mean, mathematically only just has so many of those left. Like, that, what he did down the stretch in that closeout game was ridiculous. I would honestly appreciate a series. You say what you want about him. I would appreciate this uh, uh, witnessing that kind of performance. I, on, the, on the contrary, I would love to see Tyler Hero or Jay Crowder. I would love to see Jay Crowder go for a 34-7-7 seven, seven series, too. That wouldn't hurt either. Yeah, but on the flip side, I mean, the Heat are still pretty fresh, too. They played the same amount of games, so. And they have, like – and they're young, except for uh, old man Goran. But he's – what, he's only 14 years in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can just see it, though. I can, I can see us having a conversation two weeks from now. Series is already over, and we're, we're talking about LeBron having the greatest finals of all time. I can, I can almost feel it coming. Me having to look I, in the mirror and wonder if he's really whether or not, if he's really the best basketball player to ever play the game. <laughs> just really having that hard conversation with myself. I was going to say, I could that, – that is certainly in the realm of possibilities. But like you said, Sean – I can appreciate that. Like, I can, as, as a basketball fan, I'll be like, wow, that was really historic and amazing and cool. We got to see that. Same thing if Anthony Davis has that series where you're just like, holy fuck, Anthony Davis is the best player in the league. That I was something I can appreciate. If the Heat lose because Markeith Morris and Rajon Rondo are hitting threes, that's when I'm going to have a bad time. And that's when I'm probably going to punch, hopefully, a pillow, but maybe a door, maybe a wall. I'm not sure. Hopefully, yeah. cool, but that drywall's looking good already. <laughs> oh man! After a couple of beers, the drywall's talking to me funny too. It says it wants to get hit. It says it wants to get hit. Talking shit to you. I've heard it. I've heard it too. Yeah, yeah no, who does the fuck we... the drywall thinks he is? <laughs> no, if another Ray Allen type bullshit happens, or if Mike Miller catches hot, like catches fire again, that's a good point. I didn't think of Markeith Morris having a, a breakout game. That will just kill me. Like, like, white, like, like the- 20 and 10 in a closeout game. Like, I'm breaking something in my parents' house. If the case for Dwight for finals MVP, like, happens, <laughs> like, yeah. I think we have to reinforce our pack, our, uh, our pack from a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so oh, boy. We might I'm have in. to. But, yeah, I mean, other than other than the Lakers. Um, hey, since uh, you mentioned Mike Miller, uh, can I just talk about how that was probably the worst finals experience of my life between Mike Miller averaging five threes a game and holding his back after every three he made <laughs> and Ray Allen saving LeBron's life. That was the worst final series of my fucking life. I can't think of anything I want to do less than have to go through that again. You want to watch them? I can again? probably think of a thing or two that I'd want to go through less. but um. <laughs> not, with the, not with the Spurs shirt on, though. No, it makes everything hard. worse. God damn. My, my dumb ass came in to a summer open gym with a Tony Parker jersey on the first game <laughs> because they won on like a Tony Parker, like 19 foot runner off the glass. And I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be sweet. Hey, well, keep in mind something in uh, 
Danny Green's brain might click and be like, I see Sposter, I see Heat, I see LeBron, and I should start making shots. Maybe he'll start making shots for that them. That bow-legged man. fuck, get him out yeah. of here. <laughs> Dude, uh, I was reading this thing this morning, and it was like a stat synopsis of like what's been happening uh, in, in the bubble for these guys. Like some of the guys had like uh, detailed things. Like there was obviously a lot of shit about Hero. These other guys, the only snippet they had for Danny Green, Danny Green has been averaging four and a half miles per hour of movement in each game. That was it. <laughs> this was, was the there guy. any context to that? Like no, like contextualizing whether that's like it's like a little bit slow or a lot slow or <laughs> media average. I'll tell you what I I've made dumb things about the the speed average speed it's not that fast i think like <laughs> stupid fast was like buddy heel at like five and a half or six which is okay. a huge difference but okay. yeah i've been trying to find that uh the article i looked at it this more like 7 a.m i've been trying to find it before this i couldn't find it they, they might have deleted it but i just <laughs> think that's funny that that happens everybody's like four to six miles an hour and then it's like russell westbrook and it's like 17 miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> it's like dangerous speeds yeah, yeah uh there's got to be there's got to be an article out there somewhere where it's just like russ's turnover to speed ratio <laughs> <laughs> like or like they're like a chart of it or something like anytime he's above 12 yeah. miles an hour he has like a 38 percent chance of turning the ball over uh, have you guys seen any of those charts where it's like the the cl- it's like a cluster chart, but like yeah, the clusters of players, and there's just like there's two outliers. It's like always Braun or like Kawhi. That would be a good one. You'd have like this little bubble here, and then two miles later, Russ would be <laughs> top right. But just to backtrack real quick, nothing makes me more upset than watching the Lakers and watching Rajon Rondo make threes. I hate it so much. When they give him like ten feet, and he just drills it. Yeah, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I like Rondo, but, like, that Houston series would be like, Houston making a little bit of a comeback, down four, swing to Rondo, bang! <laughs> and just like, oh, my God. Raise on Rondo with 19 points. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> yeah, that's tough. I know we got to wrap it up, soon, but can I get, like, a series prediction from everyone? Like, what you're going with? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I would I would love to. Um Realistically, or what I'm grading for. You can give me both. What'd you say, Sean? Lakers and six? Yep. I think we're going to get – the Heat will win when I think the Lakers are going to shoot horribly because every time there's a finals, the narrative flips to LeBron doesn't have enough help and, like, the focus will get shifted on those guys. And I think Kuzma will have a hard time hitting the side of the backboard with uh, Caruso. (laughs) Caruso is also, like, the worst three-point shooter in the history of the bubble right now. And um, Danny Green, I'm jinxing all these guys, but Danny Green also sucks. So there'll be a night when AD and LeBron combine for 75 points and lose. Yeah. Uh, dream scenario: Heat in a very horribly ugly six with like the average score being like 90 to 85. Um, <laughs> really, realistically, probably. Yeah, I want to say Lakers in five. Heat steal one. Yeah, Lakers in six. Um, the LeBron dream just feels too real to me. Um, I, I think he's just – I think he's going to go nuts. I think LeBron wins finals MVP. 
I think it's the second best finals performance of his career. Um, I think the conversation starts about him should have been the MVP during the regular season also. Um, yeah, I think honestly this has, and it's building up to be like a monumental moment for LeBron's career. Um, just with all the bullshit and crazy stuff that happened this season and then him still ending up there, especially all the question marks when the season restarted, the Lakers look like shit. We were all guilty of it also. Um, it just feels like a situation where he puts him on his back, has a marquee moment and gets it done. Yeah, John, I think yeah. that's well said. I think that um, they're, the world where the Lakers win this and LeBron isn't finals MVP is just not happening. There's no way – because, like, you, you brought up the regular season thing, even though it rightfully so went to Giannis. Then it's like how the way he went out makes it even worse. It makes it look like, oh, man, maybe Braun should have got it. There's no way it gets, quotes, taken from him yet again because we all know this whole Lakers thing isn't a thing. Like, AD's been here for 10 months. It, the whole thing doesn't even happen without this guy. How could you not say he's the most valuable whatever? I, the MVP thing's weird, but – I think you're right. We're in for an absolute show from LeBron that, James. And then yeah. like that, that image of LeBron with the trophy and the empty, empty arena and the purple and gold, like it's going to oh. be like the marquee moment. Like I fucking don't want to see it. Don't get me wrong. I would rather see a lot of bad things happen to me personally before I see that happen. But I, I just, it feels too real. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to agree with you guys and say Lakers and six. This is my also my way of apologizing to them after doubting them at certain points throughout the year. And for me picking the Clippers, that's uh, some real clown suit shit there too. Uh, but I want to echo, the, yeah, I I echo the sentiment of everyone that's sort of been like that LeBron vision. I can just see it coming, like the game where it's like – three two heat or three two lakers and the heater kind of hanging around and then that second half lebron puts the cherry on top and just jams it right up my ass we have a serious <laughs> we have my friends <laughs> my friends and i have a saying and we like to say it whenever something good happens to us or a sports team we like and that's uh daddy's home and i and i believe daddy lebron is going to be home this final series um, I would like to just say also with my my dream scenario is Heat and Four. Tyler Hero invites me down to South Beach to hang out. We go to the Clevelander, drink tequila, and just look at the wonderful ladies in South Beach. That's oh, great. <laughs> oh, they're giving him the key to the city, man. He's going to own the Clevelander. They're going to give him a nice piece of – nice chunk of land at South Beach. He's taking I me to a club, and we're saying – Fuck it. COVID doesn't matter, and it's going to be a great night. Tyler, hit me up, man. Tyler Hero is <laughs> accepting the finals MVP, and he has waves. <laughs> you just zoom in, slow motion, the waves just start appearing. Oh, no, dude. Holy shit. That's, that was great. Um, well, shit. Well, sorry. That was, that was a lot. No, man. I, I wish that the stuff you said in the group chat we could talk about on here. That'd be great. Oh boy, Zach <laughs> and I were on the phone the day after that, and we, we and I brought it up, and I couldn't stop laughing. I was driving, and I was like, "I'm gonna wreck!" Like I was crying again the next day. Oh man! Yeah. How many times though do we get reminded? Like you know, we we're talking about those props, Sean. Like how many times was the broadcast like? like over four and a half times during this throughout the series when they're like, and this is year 17 for LeBron. He's 35. And I'm like, yeah, I'm well aware. It's fucking impressive. I wish it yeah. would stop. <laughs> I, I think I would love to see a, uh, you guys ever see like a word cloud? 
I would love to see from the whole tape from when the announcer was spoken, how big the, the number 17 would be. It'd be the, it'd be the biggest fucking thing. And they bring it up every single game, but <laughs> I, uh, John, you, you talked about envisioning this photo of LeBron in what some would deem as a perfect world. You deemed as your purgatory. I heard you talking about hell, Sean. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I feel like hell would be when, when they go back-to-back and win it next year, too. Oh, <laughs> hey, KD's back next year. KD's back. Okay, fair enough. But, no, I did want to talk about one other picture. Uh, I didn't want to op- – I was debating about opening this, but it would have turned into too much of a LeBron shit, shitting on LeBron thing too early. Um, how obvious, dude? How, we got to talk about this a little bit. How obvious is that him sitting down there with the flip-flops while everyone else is doing the thing – because they, they accomplish something that is really cool to accomplish. And LeBron has to be the one that is, like, too cool for it, but then also knowing it's – I swear to God, you got to know in his Already mind, he's like, this is the picture. This is, like, the Hall of Fame picture. Everything he does is calculated in those moments. Like it's, I honestly believe that everything he does, he's already thinking about like the media, like take and the media spin on it. like the way it's going to be perceived. Like it drives me nuts. I think he's disingenuous. I think I thought he's been that way since he was like, I, I can't say 18 because he was just young and green and having a blast making a shitload of money in his hometown. But like ever since it like turned and he went to Miami, I think it's all become a show and I don't think any of it's been real. And I think we're all the same in regards to like people that we admire and respect. It's when they're genuine and they speak from the cuff and you don't have to sit there and go, I don't know if he actually meant that. Like dudes that are actually saying what they mean and meaning what they say and don't give a fuck about what the outside world thinks. All right. Sorry. I'm done ranting on LeBron. I don't know if I can top that. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I was I I will say I mean the, no what, what were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say that when we talked about that the other day in the group chat, you did say you came in with a very appropriate response. You're like, look, I appreciate what he does. He's the greatest basketball player that I have ever seen in my life. Some of the off the court antics suck, and that should only take away from the on the court antics to a certain degree. Like. I thought the whole goat, when people bring up goat, and I'm sorry for saying the word, but like people would be like, oh, Le- uh, LeBron's the goat for reasons that are like off the court too. Or like MJ's the goat for reasons off the court too. It's like, what? We're not saying who's like the, the greatest person of all time. So I feel like these arguments, they get um, very misconstrued. But uh, yeah. the LeBron thing, man, he's just, you said two words, John, that, that stuck is just like he's not genuine it's all calculated it sucks it's like almost you see these political campaigns which which we got on tonight uh debate but it's almost like uh it's just a game and like there's tree maps it's like okay this this happens i behave this way i behave this way i go here this and it's just like sucks i hate it yeah i think some of the stuff like like I respect LeBron. Like I, I, I do think like there's a difference between like him not being genuine and being a bad person, which I don't think we're saying. Like I think yeah, he, he does a lot of he yeah. does a lot of good things, and 
he's said a lot of things that I'm, in some cases I'm sure really do mean something to him. Maybe like with the Brianna, Brianna Taylor comments, stuff like that. We're talking more in light of like the way he spins himself, the way he creates the myth of LeBron James. Right. And that's the stuff that really frustrates me because everything else about him, I love, like, I love the player. He's awesome to watch. I appreciate the fact that I've gotten to watch LeBron James, but whenever uh, you get run out in four by Golden State and you get bring out the cast for the post-game conference, like, okay, buddy, we get it. You got smacked. Um, you had an all-time game one performance. And then shit hit the fan and you lost to a better team. And stuff like that, it's just always going to drive me crazy. And that's just who he is. It's calculated, right? I'm glad you I'm glad you differentiated there because I like I get pretty fired up talking about LeBron, but I will never take away from any of the charitable shit he's done for kids in Akron, kids right. all over the place. He does a lot of good things. The better word that I probably could have used is corny and predictable. Um, goofy. He's a little yeah, goofy. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's corny. And like yeah. at this point, if I gave any one of you three a situation like that LeBron's gonna be in whether it's getting eliminated, this happens in a basketball game, this happens here, and I gave you that situation, do you think you could accurately predict what he's going to react like? Because I feel like I could. Right. Yeah, and according, I 100% agree, because the corny thing, like, you predictable. Again, John, another great word, because the win in Cleveland, it's like, you know, she's holding the microphone. She's like, you did it. You came back to Cleveland. And it's like, he knows that he's like, oh, I'm in this situation. I planned on saying this. Cleveland, this is for you. And it's like, wow, man. Like, that's just, so, that's so from the heart. Thanks, Bron. I know what you mean, John. Like, we should start, that could be one of our props. Or it could be one of our, our fun player props that we're coming up with. Yeah. I can tell you what's good he's going to say if he wins, and it's going to be, well, they told me I couldn't do it in L.A., and it's going to be like, yeah, some people did. And I understand – I tweeted this out yesterday. I understand why his fan base is so defensive of him sometimes because, like, you see, like, Paul Pierce, and it's like, okay, Paul Pierce, just get ready. You can say whatever you want to say, and then you're going to get dunked on. Um, but I saw a guy tweet, like, if LeBron loses this finals, does that drop you out of your top – 10 basketball players of all time which there is a case to be you know interested if like if LeBron does lose his finals what that would do to his legacy but it certainly wouldn't drop him out of my top two basketball players of all time I mean I it's tough for me to really talk about I don't want to get into the goat stuff but like the stuff like that I can see why they're defensive but at the same time LeBron when he wins, he's going to be like, oh, my God, no one believed in us. We didn't – the Lakers believed in you all year. I didn't hear the end of it once you won 1-0. So. Yeah, yeah, they did. They told me I couldn't do it in L.A. It's like, well, everybody changed their mind when AD showed up. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys had 30 wins last year without him. But, yeah, that's the last – the last thing I'll say is just with LeBron, it's – Bri, you kind of comment on this. It's just so toxic, the conversation. You almost have to, like – you almost have to preface everything that is said, or you have to add a comma, but with everything that's said, because like you make va extremely valid points on how everything's calculated, but then People he's still a great guys. guy. Like he's done incredible yeah. things. Like at what point when I was talking about him being like um, corny, did I say that he was a shit human being and is like <laughs> yeah. waste of space? I didn't. Oh yeah. But like, <laughs> it's just like, if you criticize like, two uh, percent and people just take that and, and just throw the baby out of the bathwater it's like oh yeah you called him the devil himself like f you and it's like no it didn't like how can we not criticize 
like a piece or like why do you have to take why does it have to be all or nothing with this stuff it's just it's exhausting LeBron fans can't appreciate other basketball players I've noticed is that like it's sort of like be like wow Kevin Durant last playoffs and be like yeah well did you see Braun the playoff run before I'm like well, <laughs> well like we're talking about this year though and like Katie's been awesome it's like I don't know or you bring up like even with the MJ doc like people on Twitter are like oh this is cool yeah, imagine LeBron get LeBron would get eighty on those Celtics. It's like, can we just give it a fucking rest? We get it. <laughs> yeah, um, I just want to say, like, I think I, we did touch on this. Like, it's more the disingenuous thing, and I think it's so hard for a guy like me to gravitate towards LeBron because I feel like I don't really know who he is. Like, if you think about guys like uh, like Kawhi, as weird as he fucking is, we know who he is guys like Kevin Durant who are unapologetically themselves like if you think about his MVP speech he sure as hell his mom means a lot to him but if you listen to him on a podcast he's unapologetically himself even though he did create that burner account that one time wasn't a great look but that's who he is though right yeah yeah he cares he said he still does it he owns it yeah yeah I think it's just it almost feels like I mean it is all an act and that just makes it hard for a guy like me to gravitate towards him I will say when John brought up, like if I brought up a situation for you three, how would LeBron react in this situation? I think it's always either like one thing or the other. Like I would have, I would say it's either going to be this sentence where he just, he deflects in a cor- in a corny way, or he like doubles down on it and, and says something like, and that's when I knew I was the goat. It's like, what? So like, I feel like, <laughs> Even him in his mind, like, he's so calculated to a degree, but it's just, like, also depends on, like, the, I don't know, mood might not be the right word because he's always he's always pretty level-headed, but, like, almost where his status on, like, okay, where do I, where do I see myself as, as the goat today? Do I need to pump up the story more? Do I, am I already getting enough attention with it? Do I give him just a cliche corny line or what? So you're going to give me a million tries to guess how Kawhi would react when people asked him questions. I never would have guessed that he was going to say, I'm a fun guy. And then like, you know, scream laugh thing. And that just made it so, <laughs> it's so great for me. LeBron is in a tough spot though. And like the one, like, I mean, I guess I'll give him this is he's expected to have an opinion on literally everything. And but he set that precedent. True. You're right. He did. I mean, he could have deflected done the Jordan thing and been like, I, I don't really give a shit about all that. You're right, and I don't know if it was heightened because of social media, but I feel like he's put in that position where he has to make, like, a comment and kind of has to walk on eggshells, so he tries to give the perfect answer, and that yeah. might contribute to just, like, his general corniness because he doesn't even know who he is. He definitely gets criticized <laughs> too much in the media for, like, like someone in the media will ask, like, a dumb question, and then people will be like, I can't believe what LeBron said to this. Like, well, he asked a terrible question or put him in a question with a bad spot. And I understand. I sympathize sympathize with him in that way, <laughs> and I sympathize that the fact that he's about to just <laughs> fully be right up my ass these finals. That is hope. Price. There's a price for me to come on board. All he has to do is write me one check. I'll go to war with every single person to talk shit on him on Twitter. Like <laughs> I can't be bought. <laughs> I am glad you you put that in the open, John. <laughs> Not for a lot either. Like. <laughs> Like a week, week's worth of pay ought to do it. It can just erase the last 17 years. Yeah, Christ, give me a weekend at the West in downtown and I'll probably think about it. <laughs> well, 
that was a lot of that was a lot right there. Uh, a lot of heat, Lakers. Pretty uh, pretty good stuff. But uh, any closing final thoughts? Don't clip that like sort of LeBron uh, media narrative. Last ten minutes, I really don't want my family to have to be verbally abused on social media because of it. Oh, the death threats! No, fine. You'll get doxxed within an hour. Yeah. Didn't LeBron's boy repost one of your uh, job shop posts? I'm sure you would. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm glad you conversation. I'll, I'll say it real quick. Uh, yeah, one of his one of his guys, like within like the close, it might have been a St. Mary's guy that he played with there, but like within like the first four that he's like has that cool uh, little click. Yeah, and he reposted the thing that I just like 1984, huge on it, just for George Orwell, but um. <laughs> he reposted that thing and was like we are all witnesses and then like i was like he, like bag texted me he was like hey uh hopefully he scrolls down like just a little bit and sees all the sand because <laughs> i did make that stupid dumbass meme of uh about like the dude from the office saying lebron sat down because he knew it'd be a dope instagram pic but <laughs> i mean like i don't get like i wasn't even ha- trying to hate on him with that it's just like i don't get how you could look at that objectively and not think that but yeah uh so the word you said was objectively that's why uh you if you were uh, lebron stan i think that's where that's that not a thing and i can't believe you said that yeah <laughs> okay uh, uh i got nothing no. yeah thanks for having me on uh thanks for having us on i guess uh i think the finals will be an awesome series i'm really looking forward to it let's hope i don't punch a hole in the wall would love to get six games Breeland, we're still yeah. due to watch an NBA game together, damn it. Oh, my God, yeah. Do you, are they playing on Friday? I think so. Yeah, I think. Let's try to make that happen. All right, let's 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 do it, God damn it. Let's do I'll it. Face time Have in. a couple? Yes, sir. Have a couple and start drinking, yep. <laughs> All right, guys. Awesome All right, John, thanks.